And former Black Caps captain Lee Jamon is with us now from his base in Australia, I believe. Lee, thank you so very much for your time. We appreciate it. Oh, no problem at all. Uh, first of all, now, you are working over in New, for New South Wales cricket now. Uh, based in Australia, the Aussies 0-2 at the World Cup as of this morning. <laughs> uh, no Rugby World Cup quarterfinal to look to. Eddie Jones, it seems, is off to Japan. What What is the feeling in the office and the sporting community over there at the moment? Oh, it's pretty down, to be honest. Uh, you know, we've... We've got about 150 staff at Cricket New South Wales. We've got a bit of a mix. So we've got a few Irish as well. I'm trying to keep them under tabs, uh, which is difficult because of the Sunday game. But claiming underdog status going into that game, I think, is helpful for us. Uh, but generally, the Aussies are really, really struggling. You know, the, the, the rugby is in um, a real bad state of affairs here. Um, it's lo- losing a lot of interest. Mm. It's still very much as a private school sort of sport. Um, and people tend to ebb and flow. With it, particularly after the success of the Matildas over here, I think it's really brought the country down a bit. Mm. And now, of course, with the Australian cricket side, you know, none from two. Um, you know, it's in some ways, if you want to uh, wind the Aussies up, it's a very good time to be able to do it. <laughs> I bet. Um, Steve O'Keefe actually said to us uh, a little earlier in the week, he described the Australian team as being a bit like lumpy milk at the moment. Is, is this just a team that happens, that's it's just past its best by date? Oh, is that what he meant? Okay. Um, oh, potentially, you know, I think there's some uh, extenuating circumstances with the Australian side. They, you know, they've had a bit of a, um, um, you know, a, a build-up that's been disrupted. You know, Pat Cummins hasn't played a lot of one-day cricket. In fact, his, his one-day record is not great anyway, but he's really struggled coming in to get matches under his belt. Uh, I think we're seeing Cameron Green, um, you know, uh, almost exhausted from the amount of cricket he's played. Uh, Labuschagne was brought in late because of Travis Head. They've really had a disruptive run into the tournament. And I think we're, we're seeing sort of a lack of cohesion with them. And, and this Australian side, they dropped five catches, I think, last night, which is very unusual. Mm. So, yeah, it is, yeah, there are a lot of questions being asked about the Australian side at the moment. The way they're playing, they're certainly not looking like World Cup winners. Now, Leo, if there's one sporting team in the world that we don't really uh, get too concerned about when they're going poorly, it is the Australian team. Some of us actually take great, great rejoicing in it. But uh, more, more positively, what about the Black Caps, mate? They have started two and zero. Get King Kane back tonight for the for the next fixture. Suddenly, all of a sudden, the, the squad looks very, very complete. How are you thinking uh, they're going to go in the next few week, few weeks? Uh, very positively. Yeah, it's really interesting because I. I was talking to someone else recently and, and um, I said, you know, the, the New Zealand cricket side, in fact, New Zealand sport in general, you know, I've been in Sydney now for almost six years, uh, but the New Zealand cricket side is very highly respected over here and highly regarded, mm. A, for the way in which which we play the game. You know, I think there's a lot of respect for the, the way in which we play the cricket, but also the fact that we play really good cricket. And um, this squad going into the World Cup, is it's a very good squad when you look at, Having the bases covered, you know, very, very, ha- uh, very pleased with the spin bowling options. We go into a game tonight in Chennai, which is Mitchell Satner's home ground. You know, we've got people like Sodi, who is, you know, a world class leg spinner. Satner, Ravindra now has come into his own. He bowls left arm spin. We've got the pace bowling stocks of Southey to come back, but Lockie Ferguson, Matt Henry there. And then, of course, as you say, Kane Williamson coming into the side now. Um, to, boot, to boost really a team you know, led by Devin Conway, who has to be one of the best batsmen in the world, 
uh, Tom Latham, who's ultra consistent. You know, I keep saying to people here, because people say, oh, yeah, New Zealand's my dark horse for the tournament. I say, we should, there's no way we should be a dark horse anymore. <laughs> you know, we finished runners-up last time. You know, we, we've beat more teams than we lose to. You should not be surprised by how good New Zealand is. And I, I think these two games, actually, on a spinning track in Chennai against Bangladesh and Afghanistan, who, although might not sound like two of the top teams, actually have quite formidable spin bowling lineups could be the defining two games for this New Zealand side at the World Cup. But yeah, I've got high hopes for them. And I guess you touched on it there, Lee, but uh, isn't it fascinating that obviously the last couple of World Cups, boys have done outstandingly well, but going to India and having that confidence that we can very much be where we were in the last two World Cups, considering that I guess India would always be probably a, a destination that we probably thought, well, if we're going to win one, it's probably going to be in, a, in New Zealand or England. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think that's testament in some ways to the foresight of New Zealand cricket. So New Zealand cricket were probably the first national body to uh, sort of allow their players to play in the IPL. Um, And some of that was sort of pragmatism that, you know, we don't uh, pay our players as much as other countries. So they needed the opportunity to earn some dollars. But what we're seeing is that by giving people that experience, like like Conway, like Sodi, like Santner, you know, um, Williamson, Daryl Mitchell, Giving them the experience of playing in India, I think, has, has uh, led to more consistent performances. And now, you know, they're not afraid of Indian conditions. And we've got a really good chance of, of doing that compared to some other. You know, Mitchell Stark hasn't played IPL for seven years. Now, you know, that's a good thing for him. He probably hasn't needed the money. But in terms of being able to prepare and play in India, it's a bit different. Yeah, and when it comes to uh, the Black Caps batters, you mentioned Devin Conway a couple of times there. I also wanted to bring up um, Rajan Ravindra because mm. after that Black Caps performance and their partnership against England in that opening game, uh, Beav and I were on the show the next day waxing lyrical about it and Beav was just saying, you know, it gave him some great memories of one Lee Jamon uh, and Chris Harris in the 96 World Cup. You oh. must have looked, I mean... Uh, sorry that you got your record broken. I'm not sure how you feel about that in terms of a uh, in terms of a partnership for a New Zealand pairing at a World Cup. But you must have taken quite a quite a great deal of joy watching that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I got a bit of banter here about that, uh, but I was, I was actually surprised a that I was part of a record partnership. Certainly, <laughs> so it surprised me and surprised others more so. Uh, and b that it, it lasted so long. Um, you know, my, my memory of that partnership is Chris Harris, who scored 130, you know, got incredibly well. And, you know, was re- I yeah. actually did an interview with Chennai um, a couple of weeks ago, and they, they brought that up. And I said, Chris Harris, yeah, it was, I think, about 42 degrees. It was high humidity. And, and we used to call Chris Harris Little Lizard because he just used to, in hot conditions, he used to lie on the dressing room floor and not move much. <laughs> and he got so, so exhausted from batting. He sat under a cold shower for the whole innings break of 40 minutes and went out and bowled 10 overs and, and did brilliantly well. Um, so, look, it's, yeah, those those records are there to be broken. Um, I think, you know, they didn't just break it, they absolutely annihilated it. And to see a young guy like Ravindra, you know, come in at an unaccustomed position of number three and bat so well, you know, I think it's, you know, I take a lot of, a lot of great pride in seeing the success of all New Zealand teams, but particularly the cricket side, and it was a joy to watch that. Yeah, what for for when it comes to the title contenders as a whole, who's impressing you the most so far? I guess South Africa are um, hardly flying under the radar at the moment, are they? No, they're not. Um, you know, they've got they've got a strong batting lineup. I think last night the 
the conditions suited their seam attack. Um, they're probably not as quite as strong in the spinning stocks as some of the other teams. Uh, you, know, you can't go away from India, who have mm. got all the bases covered. But I think what we're seeing is that the conditions are varying from venue to venue. And I think the teams that have got more of the bases covered in terms of pace bowling, spin bowling, batsmen are able to play both of those will we'll go further in the tournament. So, yeah, I think India, obviously the South Africa, if the conditions suit them, will be very, very difficult to beat. Um, but you shouldn't underestimate, you know, I know Sri Lanka's lost a couple of games, but mm. they've scored 340 and got run down in one of them. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're a decent side. England, who we annihilated game one, are a dangerous side. They haven't got the spin bowling depth, but they've got the batting power. So, yeah, I think this is this is uh, the most fairest World Cup we've had because every team plays each other once. Um, and I think the, the battle for particularly numbers three and four may well go down to the wire. And when it comes to the tournament as a whole, Lee, like we obviously, especially at the moment, you know, Kiwis get behind the one-day World Cup in a in a massive way. Two-time finalists, you know, fingers crossed, we'll see how we go this time. But the format overall is obviously struggling a wee bit. Do you see a place for this tournament going forward much longer? If, if there's a place for one-day cricket, my view is that it will be World Cups. Mm. So... Um, and that that may well be every four years, and then the only matches played between countries will be in warm-ups to that World Cup. Um, you know, the, the fan passion and even the player passion. So three years ago, the one-day World Cup, 80% of all players rated it as the pinnacle world uh, championship for them. Now 50% do. So mm-hmm. it's even been diluted from a player's perspective. Uh, its value in terms of broadcast is behind test cricket in most countries. Um, and also behind T20 cricket and with the proliferation of T20 leagues around the world. It's such a complex schedule and, you know, constrained schedule now. Uh, I think one day cricket is going to is going to go. And as I say, if it remains, I think it will remain as a, as a world event. That would be my prediction. Mm. Uh, you mentioned the T20 game there and I just wanted to touch on one more one more uh, cricketing story as such before we let you go. Uh, and that is early next week we are expecting confirmation that cricket will be joining the Olympic schedule from 2028. What do you think that will do for the game if T20 cricket is part of the Olympics? It will be huge for the game. Um, So the the game at the moment is the second most followed game globally behind football. Um, The United States, as an example, and and Cricket New South Wales here, we just partnered with a... um, uh, an investor in the United States to have a team in the Major League Cricket competition against four IPL teams that happened a couple of months ago. Now, the reason we did that is because there's there's five to six there's a diaspora of five to six million South Asians living in the United States who mm. love cricket. In the United States, there's two hundred thousand registered cricketers, which is you know um, about the same as New Zealand. Um, and if it gets into the Olympics, it's got a great chance of getting into the college setup. If it gets into the Olympics, you're going to find countries, even countries such as China, the United mm. States, will take it seriously. So, yeah, I think it's a huge boost for cricket. Um, Olympics is in Brisbane in, um, when is that, 2032-ish? 32, yep, something like that. <laughs> um, so, I, yeah, I think it'll be huge, huge for the sport. Great for the uh, female game as well to be on that, that sort mm. of global stage in T20. So, I can only see real benefits in it being being there and being part of the Olympic uh, setup. 
Yeah, totally agree. Well, fingers crossed for good news. I think Monday, maybe Tuesday, that news is expected uh, from the IOC meeting. Put some money on it if you can. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, it does sound like it's just a rubber stamping. uh, And I wonder how long uh, a few of those older cricketers will try and hang out to be part of an Olympics, (laughs) just kind of see if they can keep the bodies going and going and going for another five years. Come on. Come on, Kane, you've got five years left in you, surely, surely. Well, maybe. He could, yeah, they could prolong it. Uh, I think I think what we might see actually at the conclusion of this one-day World Cup is uh, uh, a few players make themselves unavailable for one-day cricket to prolong mm. their careers. So, yeah, that's an interesting concept. Oh, well, it'll be interesting. Very interesting, the future of the game, the immediate future, of course, at this one-day World Cup so far. Uh, looking good for the Kiwis, the Aussies. Uh, room for improvement. That is former Black Cavs captain Lee Jamon with us uh, from New South Wales. Thank you so much for your time, Lee. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show and hearing your insights. That was our Macca's feature interview with McDelivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. Oh, no.